The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. We are thrilled to have as our guest today, Jorge Torres, who is the founder and CEO of MindsDB. Thank you, Jorge, so much for joining us on the AI Today podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for pronouncing my name the right way as well. (laughs) Yes, welcome, Jorge, and thanks for joining us today. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and also a little bit about MindsDB in case some of our listeners aren't familiar with that. Yeah, so MindsDB is here to democratize machine learning. In essence, we believe that people have now been collecting data for a long time. And so a lot of the important decisions that companies and individuals make are based on intuitions. And we just want to augment that capacity with data and with machine learning. And the way that we do it and the path that we're following is enabling developers first. Most people that are not developers have this misconception that every developer knows about machine learning, but in reality, 95% of developers out there, which account for like 13 million ones, they don't really know how to implement machine learning correctly, but they have the capacity to aggregate and bring data. And therefore, we're just augmenting their capacity to also do machine learning and just essentially facilitate decision-making within the organizations. Yeah, you know, that's really important because machine learning and artificial intelligence, you know, these past 10 years have been phenomenal with interest, but especially in the past few years, people have seen all of the capabilities that people can achieve with machine learning and AI. And, and AI t- and here at our podcast, AI Today, and also in our research in Cognolytica, we talk about these seven patterns of AI, the things that people are doing with AI, recognition systems and pattern matching and predictive analytics and conversational systems and hyper-personalization and autonomous stuff and goal-driven systems and you know, all these things people want to do. They see all the promise, but of course, you know, not everybody has a data scientist, you know, not everybody has all the data that they need. There's all these challenges in making AI work. And, you know, we're definitely starting to see more advancement around this idea of auto ML and tools that can accelerate machine learning model development. So what are your thoughts around auto ML? Maybe even define it, perhaps from your perspective for our listeners and where machine learning development tools are heading. Yeah. So I think auto ML has many different angles, as you, as you point out, and definitions. The one that we stick to is that once you start doing machine learning for some time, you start to see patterns that are repeatable. And once you start seeing that as a developer, your intuition is, well, I can automate. And this has happened with many different fields and fronts within computer science. And now we start to see it in machine learning in particular. And the possibilities that this enable is that you don't really have to think of what are the best practices and, and kind of like these things that every single expert, like true expert in machine learning does every time. You can rely on some of those experts building a system for you so that you can focus on the important part of machine learning. And that's really where we see it here. And is that machine learning, regardless of how much you can automate it, can only be just as good as the data that you fit into the models or for training these models. And for understanding what type of data ideally you should be taking into consideration, you don't necessarily have to be an expert in machine learning or a data scientist. Like your intuitions and your domain expertise already have provided you with the toolings to understand roughly what information do you need to take into account for making a prediction? Because again, as a domain expert, you, you also make these predictions intuitively and you take some of that information into account. So 
essentially what AutoML is empowering is to to pack the best pack practices around there around the testing, training, validating, model generation. So that you can think of the important elements of machine learning, which is the data. And what data are you bringing in and validating hypotheses? Understand that the whole process of machine learning is not one single answer, but that you may have multiple ideas. And the better you can test and iterate on these ideas, and the faster you can do this, then the more likely you're going to find a solution that suits your needs. Yeah, that's great that you bring up this idea of data because we always say that data is at the heart of AI and garbage in is garbage out. So you always have to start at that layer. But as technology continues to change and evolve and auto ML tools are becoming increasingly more adopted. And I feel like, you know, people are starting to talk about it and actually use them now and they're getting more adoption. There's this trend that developers are becoming the new data scientists. So can you share with us more on this subject, maybe how it's evolved, what it means, and how these roles can change and evolve over time? Yeah, that's a great question and really fits within our values. And it's that history has shown us before, like one example, it's big data. Before, like 12 years ago, big data departments started to like be carved out of like normal software development departments because of the development life cycles require like longer times and they also require a specific set of skills like you had to know about parallel computing, MapReduce, and there were like these engineers that called themselves big data engineers. Spark came out and made it very easy for any backend developer, or even full stack developer, to you know just install Spark and then start doing big data without having to think of all of those complexities. And all of a sudden, the the tasks that require big data could be set into or could be actually worked on on the normal development lifecycle that most developer teams work on. And the same pattern is starting to arise with machine learning, where, yes, data scientists and machine learning engineers were carved out out of normal software teams because they had to know a lot more about statistics, math, and, and they also had to work on these problems for a longer time than the normal kind of like sprints that usual developers were working on. But AutoML changes this because it essentially abstracts that mathematical and statistical complexity for the normal developer and also enables them to focus on you know, the other constraints that applying machine learning require that are more like engineering problems and helps them fit the development lifecycle that they are used to into also the development lifecycle of machine learning features. On the other hand, we understand that developers themselves have this very amazing talent of being able to massage and bring data together, which is, the, again, as, as you pointed out, the, the crucial requirement for machine learning. And since they already have the skills, AutoML just make this perfect fit so that the transition from data scientists or developers become data scientists becomes a true and common reality across most companies. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, the, the biggest thing is this idea of democratizing the ability to create machine learning models and create these applications and capabilities that are really specific to the business need. We see a lot of applications and implementations of AI, you know, not only across all those patterns, but across all tons of industries. You know, we're like almost 150 episodes into AI today. And, you know, we, you know, we've literally looked at every industry public and private sector. And I think that's part of this machine learning objective is to really democratize it and to put the capabilities in the hands of the so-called citizen data scientist, you know, the, the average person. And you're maybe just following up a little bit about what you just said before. You know, tell us a little bit more, like, are you seeing any change in the kind of individual that, or the kind of organization, the role that's building these machine learning models? Any, any sort of insights into the nature of the type of person that is creating machine learning models? Yeah. And I, and I think that there are many. 
and I can walk into some particular ones, but in essence, what we understand here is that domain experts that have been around for a long time in, in different industries are becoming data savvy. Not necessarily data scientists or machine learning engineers, but they are aware of what data is available and where they can find it as well. And therefore, the what we understand the trend is, is that, yes, developers are the first ones to become kind of citizen data scientists, if you may. But this will follow with other domain experts that are not necessarily even developers to also do machine learning. And in reality, the important thing that we see here is there is this intrinsic liability with bringing data scientists too early into a specific project that involves a type of prediction uh, or that requires some machine learning. And is that when you delegate the responsibility on a machine learning engineer, you're delegating on, on he or she the responsibility of being really good at math and, and model generation, but this naive responsibility that they can become really good at the domain where they land. Uh, say, for instance, if they're building uh, predictive models for healthcare, it is very dangerous to believe that this person is going to build all the knowledge that a physician has built over many, many years in a matter of months. And, and also, it's very dangerous to rely on systems that have been built when all of this expertise has been ignored. And therefore, where we see the trend is empowering those people that have been building experiences for a long time to guide the principles of whatever machine learning methodologies have been implemented. And this goes more around how do you make sure that these AutoML tools are trustworthy? And that's really the essence of if you're going to delegate the machine learning mechanics to a system, then how do you trust that the system is doing what it's doing? And a few things you need to trust, like the first one is, of course, that machine learning moves so fast, you want to ensure that you're kind of up to date. But beyond that, it's really the area of explainability, not explainability for the for just the data scientists, but explainability for any stakeholder. Yeah, that's interesting. And I know that you talked a little bit about MindsDB and, and how that came about, but maybe could, for our listeners, could you share a little bit more about your background and what inspired you to start this company? Yeah, two things. My co-founder and I, Adam Carrigan, and myself, we've known each other for a long time. And ever since we've known each other, we have been kind of obsessed with the fact that many people today make decisions that are crucial to their lives and to the direction of the companies. And they use them without taking into account all the data that they have available to them. And you live it in, in all angles of life, like misinformation everywhere. And I think that that was our, our inspiration to understand how we could make something that could aggregate the, the knowledge set or the experience that we've had over the past 12 years of implementing machine learning so that it was available to as many people as possible. And beyond that, like in particular myself, I have been working before on building predictive models for healthcare and other kind of industries that are not my domain. And I always felt that this risk of this responsibility being delegated upon the data science teams was really dangerous. And hopefully the systems work and, and they still conceptualize a lot of the, the learnings. But nonetheless, I know for like my personal experience that the feeling that we were having was that a lot of the true domain expertise was being ignored. And, and therefore, the people that should be driving the wheel of machine learning should be those that understand their industries inside out. So the motivation was twofold, was augmenting people's capacity to make decisions and to make sure that the people that are making decisions are also the, the most savvy about their industries. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think those are great calls. Those are good reasons for people to start companies. And, you know, especially now, this is transformative technology. So we definitely expect lots of great new companies to emerge that are taking advantage of that. So talking, let's talk about some of the challenges. So what are some of the challenges that you've seen with companies that are either adopting AutoML tools or those who have been trying to implement AutoML tools? And, you know, how can they overcome some of these challenges? Yeah, that's a great question. So when you do this 
over and over, you start to see these patterns of not only in the challenges, but also when things work. And one of the first challenges that many companies face are this kind of like expensive or like the cost trade-off of going for a machine learning approach. And this is because initially you just have an intuition of what is the ROI of making a specific prediction. And when you really don't know what the ROI is, then it's really hard for you to justify that you're going to bring in data scientists and, and people to help you with this. So many of these problems, they just kind of stay on people's heads. Like, oh, it would be fantastic if I could use this data to predict something else. And I just want to know if it would work. Like, say, for instance, if I could predict chronic conditions in my given population using their genomic data. And this stays in, in many people's minds. And of course, you may have an intuition as to what the ROI of this is. But since you cannot pin it down, it's really hard for you to like, get buying from like the different stakeholders and the people that hold money. So the first way to solve this challenge is to make sure that this churn of hypotheses happens very quickly so that people can just think of new ideas and things that may work and have the capacity to test them in a, in a rapid approach. And development, software development has pioneered many of this. You know, like you have like the minimal viable product and kind of like there's so many methodologies that have led us to believe that building software is something that can start with like raw hypotheses and you just want to try them really quick. And you want to ensure that you can do that with machine learning as a broad. And again, that's one of the key challenges, ensuring that stakeholders even if they don't understand the, the ROI, the cost of doing these experiments is so low that they can afford to do them until they hone down into a problem that has, has a huge ROI. And then that's the right time to bring a data science team and drill down into optimizing that problem. The second challenge that we see is that that comes inherently with the hiring of data scientists especially if you're in an industry that is not as attractive to a very proficient data scientist. Like today, if you graduate from like Stanford or like one of the top schools for computer science and you're a company in the middle of Nebraska, it's going to be hard for you to convince that kind of like top data scientist to come and work for you just because the market is so like overwhelming for the opportunities that they may have. That it is really difficult for many companies to just really tap into the top talent. And therefore, you end up bringing talent that is probably not that expert. And that has in itself many risks that will ultimately get into you not having an implementation that brings you the most of a return. And I think that the combination of those two just really influence the direction in which AutoML and many of these trends are moving. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I think as companies continue to adopt that and, you know, you touched upon also data scientists, how we still have a talent crunch. And I think that data scientists, more and more people are getting interested in that, but it takes time to train them. And we haven't yet caught up with that. So we need tools that can help people to still move forward with their projects. So that's great. We always like to end our podcasts with the same question. What do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to corporations and beyond? Yeah, I believe that the future of AI is AI that can really build mechanisms for trust. And I think I forgot to mention this in the challenges, but it is crucial for democratization of machine learning and AI that people involved can trust it. And today, as our understanding of how to build machine learning models that can kind of like learn from much more complex data grows. Also, our capacity to explain those models becomes a little bit more difficult. And to be precise, say, for instance, the learnings that we've had in deep learning and kind of like the advancements that we've made on our understanding of artificial neural networks, where you can solve many, many problems that before were difficult for machine learning engineers, then it becomes so hard for us to interpret that 
only a data scientist can kind of get some intuitions as to like what makes those neural networks uh, kind of like behave one way or another. But it still is very hard for us to explain to a non-data scientist or, or a machine learning engineer why they should trust that these models behave that they expect them to behave. And therefore, the, the most important developments around machine learning will come around the fact that these systems have to be able to make predictions, but not just predictions alone. They, they should come with uh, explanations that answer three simple things. When they can be trusted, when they shouldn't, and full transparency about this. Why they predict what they predict and not something else. And also to be self-aware of the quality of the data that was used and explain this in the most kind of broad terms to most stakeholders so that they can understand things like biases or potential biases and potential outliers that they may have in the data beyond the normal data quality issues that they can observe. So I think that that in itself is going to be the most important trend to make sure that machine learning and AI finds its way into most industries and decision-making processes. Yeah, that's great. Well, for our AI Today podcast listeners, you know that we also have bonus episodes. And so we're going to spend a little more time with Jorge on our bonus episode talking about some of these things around transparency and explainability and more visibility. So definitely encourage all of you to listen to the bonus episode. If you haven't already, you should go to AIToday.live and just register as a user. It's free on the Cognolytica site, and it'll get you access to all of the bonus podcasts. So we encourage you to listen in because we have a few more questions for Jorge to dive deeper into some of these subjects. So Jorge, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We really appreciated your fantastic insights into AutoML and the future of AI and some insights into data science and data scientists and where machine learning development is headed. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and looking forward to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.